0: My name is Jim and I have new life in Christ and I'm recovering from fear, control, and pornography. I awoke in February of 2008. My wife of 33 years said she was done with the marriage. I hit bottom. I was devastated and crushed, but deep down I was not surprised. Ten years earlier, my wife suggested that I go to counseling My brilliant response as a pastor of a church in Arkansas at the time was, I'm the one who gives counsel, not the one who gets it. Genius, pig-headed genius. I was hard-hearted, closed off, completely unaware of what was really going on in my heart and in my marriage. So I responded as I always did, with control and manipulation. It was subtle to me, but apparently not so subtle to my family. Staring at the reality that my marriage was over, I cried out to God that this marriage is broken, I am broken, and I can't fix it. I met with some Christian leaders, went to counseling, and joined Regent a few months later. Initially, in my desperation, I went for counseling and told him right up front that I did not trust my ability to be totally honest, transparent, or thorough. You see, I developed and honed Skills crafted and forged over a lifetime that would prevent anyone, and I mean anyone, from getting too close. This is what it looked like. I would reveal what I wanted people to know, say what I wanted people to hear, show them the behavior I wanted them to see. I had no confidence that I would take this counseling any different. The counselor responded. He said he had a tool that would help. He, uh, With a gleam in his eye, he hooked me up to a polygraph machine. <laughs> My guess was it was a placebo, but still he used a lie detector to help me open up and truly be honest. But however, it was truly regen by God's grace, I began a journey with some wise believers that would come alongside and help me process this pick and mess. One author makes this observation. One of the really good gifts we can receive would be the ability to see where we are and how we got here. To see what causes and drives the responses that trip us up. God gave me that gracious gift in Regen. These Regen steps truly have allowed me to see my sinful nature and God's goodness all at the same time. And now I've been in Regen for over a decade. Looking back, I learned very quickly in life to wrongly assume that I was in control of my life and I became the Lord of my life. The responsibility for my value, my worth, my significance, my esteem as an individual rested upon my shoulders. Fears and anxieties were my burden to bear and to carry. And as I grew up in church and later spent a lot of money on a theological education, I learned to trust God to run the universe and all its details and processes, to move and sway the hearts of national leaders, to accomplish his plan and his purposes, to even touch the lives of others, to fulfill his will in their lives. But I did not trust him with me. When at the age of 16, my 21-year-old brother was killed in a construction accident, I was able to trust God for what he was doing as far as his kingdom work, but not with how it felt in my heart and soul. I turned to the hollow comfort of pornography that I found in a friend's closet. This battle with pornography would come and go over the next 35 plus years. It was a fleshly way of trying to feel better. Pornography kept me from dealing with the fears of failure and rejection. Pornography was just one of the ways that I tried to numb the pain of my fears. I was also a very angry man, but most would have never known it by the grace of God. I never hit my children or wife in anger. I wish I could say the same for my dogs, inanimate objects, and hollow core doors in the homes and locker rooms I've passed through over the years. Growing up, I think I had the only home that I knew of that put pictures over the bathroom door to cover up the holes that I put in them. You would have thought I've learned my lesson when I came across my first solid core door. I did not. In my family and in ministry, I would attempt to control and manipulate. I was not even aware of any malicious motives. I just did not want to fail or to be seen as a failure or to be rejected. I was convinced that being fully known would lead to being fully rejected. Looking back on all those situations, I believe that if I was in control of all the processes of my life, that I could control and manipulate the outcomes. It was destructive. I was full of pride. Though fearful, my thoughts were all about me. My relationship with God was presumptuous at best. On the outside, presumption does not look that different from faith, but on the inside, the difference is like night and day. Paraphrasing a familiar passage of scripture, faith says to God, I know the plans that you have for me, O God. Please change me. That's faith. Presumption says to God, I know the plans that I have for me, O God. Please bless me. I had strong convictions regarding God's character, his purposes and truths about how he works. I believed them, I taught them but I failed to personalize them. I was the Lord of my life. I learned to take responsibility for my worth, my value, my esteem. One author puts it this way. Pride is not being satisfied with anything but a starring role seeking to write my own tale. I discovered and developed many fleshly ways to feel better, to deal with the ache, I did not draw near to God so that he would draw near to me. I just knew a lot about God. I did not draw near with confidence to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. I drew near to the business of my office, the competitiveness of the gym, the numbness of high-definition TV, pornography, and the comfort of food. I did not trust God or others with me. In the words of one martyr of the faith, he said, I was more willing to enjoy the blessings of God with little interest in enjoying his person. As I was processing the events of my life with my brother-in-law, he made this statement to me, quote, Faith is what happens on the other side of despair, unquote. I believe that at the moment of my greatest despair, I began my recovery. I can say with all the confidence I can muster that the greatest grace in my life was that God allowed me to be broken. I've heard brokenness defined this way, an awareness that I long to be the person I am not and I cannot be without divine help. I pray daily, oh God, keep me aware. Keep me broken. Do your work in me because I can't do it. And God is answering that prayer slowly. The psalmist writes, it's good that I was afflicted so that I may learn your ways. And it is a slow process. In step five, it says, my struggle is actually a worship problem. Worship is a response to something that has captured my heart. For whatever I love most, I will think about, I will serve it, I will protect it, I will honor it, I will sacrifice for it. In other words, whatever gives me life will prove to be irresistible. St. Augustine made this important statement. He said this in his book entitled Confessions. He stated that the cure for addiction and for every form of slavery to something other than God is trust in him. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, tonight is a great time to do that. We must trust him. For those of us who have trusted Christ, the cure is worship. He wrote this in his book, Confessions. He said, how sweet all at once it was for me to be rid of those fruitless joys which I once feared to lose. You drove them from me. You who are true, the sovereign joy. You drove them from me and took their place. You who are sweeter than all pleasure. My prayer in this lifelong recovery is that I would enjoy God more than my sin. I pray that God would consume my heart. But before God could change my broken thinking and the chaos of my my life, God must change my heart. I'm going to say that again. Before God could change my broken thinking and the chaos of my life, God must change my heart. Change can start tonight. The past 10 years in Regen started with God restoring my heart and changing the way I think about him and me. I pursued reconciliation with my ex-wife until she remarried recently. I was asked to lead and coach in a number of Regen groups, asked to join the staff at Watermark a while back on the community team, and this past year married this smoking hot redhead. In retrospect, I would not trade the past 10 years for anything. Remember, he said to me, faith is what happens on the other side of despair. Let me say to you, welcome to the other side. You're exactly where God wants you to be. My name is Jim. I have new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from fear and control and pornography.